Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. It's an unusual podcast time for us tonight, Rich. We're recording on Wednesday evening. It's Christmas on the way, isn't it? It, it is. We were, we were so excited, so excited about what happened at Wealdstone last night that we just couldn't um, couldn't hold back any longer. No, I've got a day off tomorrow. That's the real reason. But hey, I... <laughs> so I mean, tremendous result last night. We'll talk about that at some length, and we'll go off and uh, have a chat with uh, Gary Johnson in a moment about that. The fans are coming back for the Wrexham game on Saturday. That's big news as well. Um, and I had a really good chat with Ben Gering uh, the other day, ex-Torquay, obviously. Um, he's the player that Plainmore fans love to hate, and you know they all revel in that. He quite likes that. But he's got himself involved. He's heading up a project, in fact, um, which is bringing all the non-league clubs together in the, in the Feed Britain. Uh, organisation. It's it's designed to uh, make sure that food parcels get out to people. It's bringing football clubs together to help do that. It's a very very interesting course. So we'll talk about that a bit later. Good on. stuff, yeah. But uh, I think that we should probably go off and hear what Gary has to say. I mean, did you watch the Wheelstone game last night? Of course I did. I did the report from my front room for the Western Morning News um, and Devon Live, obviously. Um, it was very enjoyable. I mean, it wasn't the easiest of games, and, and we'll come. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that. But uh, um, there was one tactical moment at halftime that changed it, really, wasn't there? There was indeed. Shall we? Um, shall we hear what Gary has to say about it? Yeah, let's let's do that now. When you make a change like that at halftime, um, obviously you believe it's going to change the game. But did you believe it would change it in, in such a way? <laughs> Well, that's what you're hoping. Yeah. Um, because I mean, there was a, a, a couple of things really happened. One was you, you can't judge anything before a game, obviously, because you don't know the state of the game, uh, what's happening. I mean, with Adam Randall, it was a you know a missed time tackle. It was unlucky, and it was a yellow card, and they had a little scream up. And at one nil down at half time, I couldn't afford to lose one of my players. Yeah. Uh, I needed needed to shake it up a little bit anyway, yeah. and also um, so I, I took him off, and also Danny Wright had been ill for three days okay. just with a heavy cold, um, and, and you know it might have been a bit of food poisoning or something. But anyway, um, it wasn't COVID, and yeah. uh, and so <laughs> I, we knew that he probably wouldn't last the ninety minutes anyway. So it just gave me a little an opportunity to give the opposition something different to think about yeah, indeed. and then I could get Connor back in the midfield and um, and you know I mean we we had so many attacks it was unbelievable <laughs> you know the, our, the relentlessness of our attacks and I, I think we had 20 corners or something it was ridiculous um, in the first half yeah. it was probably 10 yeah yeah well we should have scored um, in the first 30 seconds yes when, yeah you know Whitfield went through um, and we did lay siege but without having that end product that I didn't feel we had, albeit the midfielders shooting or, you know, our corners or free kicks, you know, and I, and I, and I was just disappointed with the amount of, the work rate we were putting in was tremendous, Yeah. but 
without an end product, and you've got to have that end product. Yeah. You know, and I, I blame the whole team, not just because we wasn't creating too many opportunities either. But um, but obviously very pleased that you know if we had a crystal ball every game, it'd be lovely. But you have to judge it, and when it when it goes well, like it did, you know, where Billy scoring two, and I thought Josh played really well. Yeah. Was a great partner for Bill in that second half, and the lads carried on their relentless um, attacks, which meant that we, we got a couple of goals just at the right time. And it was good for, for Billy Waters to get his, his first goals for the club, wasn't it? Well, that's Bill. I mean, if you, if you, you know, when, when I diagnosed the game and you see Danny, you know, running like he does, where he yeah. flies into the danger area, whenever there's a ball that's delivered into the penalty area. And he is that sniffer, you know what I mean? Uh, he's a fox in the box, if you yeah. like. Yeah, excellent. He's, he's a fox in the box and, you know, it's what he does well. And I know that. And sometimes you need that one who's not thinking about anything else other than, you know, getting in that danger area to, um, you know, get on the end of uh, anything that might go towards goal. It was important as well, I think, wasn't it, to get the three points because after the, the disappointment of Crawley and then a draw, then the win, you wanted to yeah. you wanted to carry on with that after the, after that comeback win, didn't you? Yeah, well, you, you try not to look back if you like. Okay. But, um, you know, you, you, what we we knew that it was going to be an important game because it was a team that was you know could have got within a few what three or four points of yeah. us sort of thing, even though we got games in hand. Um, and we knew they weren't bad. You know, we knew they they give it a go as they did. Um, so it was a good it was a good win, a very good win. Mm. Um, and so we needed we needed that not for any other reason other than that we just had to keep ourselves at the top, keep the run going. Um, and then you know after we have our review tomorrow, we then um, we'll move on to the next uh, to the next game straight away and three points in the bag, move on, sort of thing. You know what I mean? And you always said you wanted to be top of the table when the fans came back, and that's, that's now what you've got. Yeah, I, 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 I nearly put myself under too much pressure <laughs> in saying that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm confident in the lads because there's a work rate there that's unbelievable. You know, we're, you know we, we may not be playing every now, and, you know, every now and again. You have a game where it's not beautiful combination football sort of thing, but we always get that um, energy and that the team energy and the team spirit in the game yeah. and the work rate the lads are putting in are unbe- is unbelievable and it's demoralising other teams towards the end and that's why you know I'm seeing a pattern now where we're finishing strong and when we need something we go all out to get it rather than too tired to go out and get it late on so uh, as you know we've had a few games where we scored in the 80th or 90th minute and that shows great character amongst the lads. It also puts the, the, the opponents under pressure, doesn't it? Because they see you can do that and it, it makes them nervy maybe a bit. Well, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I always say to the boys, you have to create a reputation and then guard it with your life. Yeah. And we've created that reputation now by scoring late goals. So as the game goes on and, you know, both teams are still in the game, the other team can get nervous. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they know the work rate that we can put in for 95 uh, minutes. And, uh, and you know, as I say, you can, 
you can win it off your reputation sometimes. So that's important, and uh, we will be guarding it as, uh, with our lives. Uh, Gary, so fans are back on Saturday. It'll be great to play in front of fans, won't it? Absolutely. Really, really looking forward to it. I don't know the numbers myself. Um, you know, that the club's doing all it can to make yeah. sure that we, we get num- the, the right numbers so that everybody can stay safe. That's really important to the club, uh, to us, um, you know, because we want to make sure it's a, a pleasant um, sort of game for the people to come in and not have to worry about anything. So I think there'll be rules and regulations that, you know, supporters will have to stick to, but... You know, if, if they get excited, they might have to get excited on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, but it'd be great to see them there. And uh, I'm sure, you know, people are really looking forward to coming back to play more and seeing a live game. And their team's doing really well. So it gives them a chance to show their appreciation to the boys and the boys to show their appreciation to the fans. Yeah, I mean, for, for some of the fans that will be there on Saturday or maybe can't even make it on Saturday, you know, it's probably the longest they've, they, they've ever ever been away from playing more. It's, it's, Talking United yeah. and football in itself can be really important in the lives of people, can't it? Well, it is. Um, and, of course, there's many other things that are important yeah. to people outside of football, of course. And, you know, we've had this pandemic. It looks like we're, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we've still got to be vigilant. Um, you know, so, you know, we're really pleased that it's it's happening. Um, and we, we hope people, you know, I mean, it's it's nice to be able to come back and see your team top of the league. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I, I, I did say it. But, um, yeah, no, we, we, we really, you know, we really hope that we can get the normal fans back as soon as possible and have a stadium full, which our, our, our team deserves, really. So... Hopefully that's uh, not too far in the distant future. You, you said on occasions that ten games is a, is a time when you kind of look at look at where you are. What what what, what grade do you give yourself if you if if, if <laughs> even it's a ten game exam? Yeah, well, listen. If you got twenty five points from the first ten games, and I'm doing a report, you got to have an A plus. Perfect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Of course it is. Um, there's there's not a lot more you can do unless people expect you to win the first 10 games yeah. <laughs> so we've done all but and uh, you know and the boys have, are gaining the, the, their confidence um, if, you, if you do the same every 10 games you, you end up with more than 100 points sort of thing so, yeah, um, which yeah. I've done a couple of times but so I'm not going to put myself under pressure <laughs> again and say that but we're in a good, very very good we're in A1 position anyway Brilliant. at okay. this moment in time Gary, thank you very much. Good luck on Saturday, and I'll speak to you next week. All right. Cheers, Cheers mate. Bye. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Well, as Gary says, it'll be fantastic to have the fans back in on Saturday for the visit of Wrexham. But let's not um, skate over that brilliant performance last night and that tactical masterstroke. Now, um, as, as you were saying to Gary, that 10 games was a big milestone for him, wasn't it? It was. Um, it's always been a... I think he's always worked in that way. Quite a few managers that I've spoken to over the years have consider 10 games a good time to sit back and look at where the team is and, and whether any adjustments need need um, happening. But um, as Gary said, when I asked him to give it a grade, he said, well, if he was going to do a report on the first 10 games, they've, uh, they've played 10 games and they've won 25 points. And, uh, you know, he couldn't really have hoped for better and he gave it an A+.
Yeah, I, you'd have to agree with him, wouldn't you? Two and a half points per game, that's championship form in any league, isn't it? Uh, he said, um, didn't he, that um, he has been involved with teams that have had 100 points, but he's not going to predict that or promise that because that could come back and bite him. I mean, he did, he did, he did mention the fact that um, saying that he wanted to be top of the league when the fans came back put him under a tiny bit of pressure and maybe he shouldn't have said it, but he did say it and uh, he was gracious enough to, to admit that maybe that was something he, he, he might not have said if he thought about it clearer. But um, he was right. Um, the fans will come back uh, for the Wrexham game on Saturday and we are top of the league. We are top of the league. Now, I, I didn't see the game last night. I was out last night, so I did not see the game. But obviously, we were behind. We were behind at half-time. We've all known Talk United teams that would not have come back from a goal down. But this one did and stayed strong right to the end yet again, didn't they? What, what, what was your take on that, See, watching the game? Well, right up until the goal, we were all over them. In fact, I was sitting there watching yeah. and thinking, when's this goal coming? Because it's got to come soon. Um, there were there were some really good chances in the first minute. Um, ben Whitfield um, drove into the box and and hit a shot which went just over the bar, which would have been a fantastic goal. Um, uh, there was a great chance uh, for Danny Wright. He um, he was free. It was a, it was a lovely ball. I can't remember, forgive me for that player, but I can't remember who it was. But I remember thinking, what a great ball through for him. Um, the goalkeeper who was making his debut, um, a goalkeeper they'd picked up who was out of, uh, uh, wasn't playing for anyone, um, made, came out and just got there first. And, and, and you wondered if uh, Danny Wright might have been a bit under the weather, which turned out to be the case. It turns out that Danny Wright has had a, a cold all week. And um, uh, they, Gary, Gary played him, but um, decided at half-time that, that, that possibly um, he, needed, he needed someone to... Who, who didn't have a cold up front. But no, the first 27 minutes until they scored, we were all over them. And it was really a case of when are we going to score? Well, of course, that didn't happen. Um, they, they had three chances at the goal. Um, uh, the, 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 the chap who scored it, who I uh, can't remember his name, but um, he had a first chance. Then um, it, it, uh, the, the Sean McDonald made a good save. It, it came out. It was blocked by the second shot was blocked by um, Adam Randell, and then the, it just popped out to the to the striker again, and he just Torquay had players on the line by then because that's the way that the move happened, but he just found the top of the net with a great strike. Um, it was slightly clumsy defending, but you know even then you thought, well, okay, but we're still going to win this quite handsomely, and then you know when you got to half time and you thought. Well, we still haven't scored. This is slightly, slightly worrying. Um, how will we fare in the second half? And of course, he made those two changes, bringing on um, Billy Walters for for, um, <clears throat> for for Danny Wright, who was obviously struggling with it with, with his cold, yeah. and um, and Josh Umara for Adam Randell, who who had got booked with a with a clumsy challenge. And I think Gary, well, Gary says he thought that he didn't want to end up in the second half at any point with 10 men. And after what happened to um, Adam Randell with the two yellow cards in the couple of games before, because he missed the previous game, um, he thought, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I'm not saying he thought Randell would, would, would again get a second yellow card, but you wonder about 
um, referees having looked at form, etc. That kind of thing. This was a yellow card. I don't think the, either of the, the yellow cards in his previous sending off were yellow cards, but this was. It was just a late challenge. And if as a manager, if you've got the option to take a player off and replace like with like or, or move the formation around, you might as well do that. I mean, if you, you think you know the player is li- liable to get a second yellow, even if he doesn't deserve it, then um, yeah, move him around. He, um, but the substitution, bringing Billy Waters in, turned out to be a tremendous substitution, didn't it? Well, it did, and he also brought Josh Amura, who, who caused a lot of hassle up front and, and, and made space because he's, yeah, you know, he, yeah. he put his body about a bit, and uh, defenders don't like that. And um, Connor Lemonet Evans, who was playing as a number 10, basically, in behind Danny Wright, dropped back into midfield. I mean, he's he's been looking really good. I, I've been really... I mean, first couple of games, I think you remember, I was a bit unsure, but he's proven me completely wrong. He's been a great player over the last six or seven games, and, and, and he was he was brilliant yesterday. Um, yeah, it was it, it was good. Turning into the playmaker, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And all that Armani little sort of had when he was in the side and yeah. didn't expect him to take up. Connor Lemonhay Evans has taken that... Hasn't yeah, and and the thing is, Billy Walters came on, and and one of the one of the things that Gary said was uh, quite telling. He said, um, when you've got Billy Walters on the field, he's it's almost as if he's he's not he's not playing as a team player. He's there to be a, a fox in the box. Um, so yeah. he's just trying to score a goal. It's almost as if I don't think yeah. Gary sees um, Billy Walters puts himself about. Um, and he was there at the right times on three occasions and scored two of those. Um, yeah. The, the, the second, second chance he had, which was really good chance he had, which was just before his goal. You know, he was very close with that. The goal he made a really good save. And they were all, you know, close in, good, good strikes. Um, and the fact that he was there was all, is what his game's about. He was there at the right time. Yeah. And the right time was eight, the 88th minute. Yeah, I love it. I love the fact that we're taking games right to the end and winning them. We've been so many times over the years, Talker United fans have seen games go to the 89th, 90th, 91st minute and lose them <clears throat> and, you know, concede a soft late goal. And, you know, we've, we've, we've done it. We've been sat on the press bench there in the old press box with your head in your hands thinking, not again. And this team doesn't do that. This team goes and does that to other people. No, and uh, as which, I said... Which I like a lot. Yeah, and as I said, as I said to Gary, you know, once you start doing that quite a lot, which Torquay have, teams are going to get worried around that period, especially if you're, you're drawing or, 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 or you're winning by one goal and you know that Torquay are fit and strong and don't stop until, I'd like to say, the 90, 95th minute, but it's, you know, we, we, it's been the 90, 115th minute at times this season. Um, yeah. Yeah. We... we we we, we we don't stop until the final final whistle goes and and as i said to gary and i was really pleased that he said oh that's interesting you should say that because it made me feel like i knew something about football but um <laughs> yeah we, but that's the case sometimes i mean I, yeah but I, i've seen hundreds and you know, thousands of football games over my life and and but i've never sat on a bench at you know, and told the players what they should be doing or been part of a training session. So you kind of feel like your imposter syndrome is quite high when you're talking to experienced managers like Gary Johnson. Do you know what I mean? But um, I agree with you. 
I did say to him, you know, I did say to him, you know, it must be a bit, it must be mentally draining and for, for, for defenders and opposing teams, knowing that the team you are playing who need a late goal, score late goals and they don't stop till they get one. Well, that's good. I mean, that must be almost the gist of what they get told um, in the tactics room up at uh, South Devon College, I imagine. You, you don't stop until you get one. No, and he, and he, and and he said, and he also said about, you know, that make yourself a, a reputation. And the reputation they have made themselves this season is of late goal scorers, and that worries teams. Makes them think twice, maybe, yeah. when, when they should only be thinking once. Crawley, maybe. Maybe apart from Crawley. No, no. We, we can gloss over we will that. Never, never speak of that again. A couple of things we need to mention before we leave the Wealdstone game as well. Uh, Dean Moxie was uh, absent again. The injury, he's been out for a couple of games now, hasn't he? So, talking played three across the back. Uh, yeah, and then, and, then, and then kind of dropped to four, I think, on last night in the second half. Yeah. Um, but, um, I, I, but hopefully not. Hopefully Moxie's okay. I, I, I must admit, I forgot to ask Gary about him uh, in the chat I had earlier on this evening. Um, but um, we'll see. I mean, let's not forget Moxie's, you know, a veteran uh, in the best possible sense of the word. I mean, he's nowhere near to uh, walking football like you guy yet. But um, he's, a, he's a young lad compared to the people I've been playing with this season, yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, as we just discussed off, off air before we started this, I, I am now in the month where I will turn the age where I can join you. Yeah, yeah, and you'll be very welcome too. I'm still and, thinking uh, about it. Fraser Kerr came off the bench. Yeah, that, that, that was really love to see. It's almost like a byline mention at the end there, isn't it? You know, uh, uh, when, I, when I did the report yeah. on the, uh, for Devon Live and, and the Western World News, it was like, that was the last mention that I made. Um, but it was good to yeah. see him. Gary, Gary has been confident enough to have him on the bench. So, you know, he's fit enough to be on the bench. And I'm sure Gary's been waiting for a time when he can use him. And defending that 2-1 lead in the last four or five minutes, he, he saw fit to throw Fraser on and uh, it would have been good for Fraser as well after. Let's not forget, you know, he came here with a big reputation from Scotland um, and then got injured in, in, in pre-season and uh, yeah. has not figured as yet, but now he's figured. He's right there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and look at the defence we've got now. Yeah. <coughs> oh, yeah. Surface of written. Yeah, no, it's it's okay, great. Should we, look, should we look ahead to Wrexham? Let's should do that. To, so, uh, so, so we got fans back on Saturday. Eh? We got fans back. We've got fans back. It will be on Saturday. It will be two hundred and eighty days since the last game at Playmore. I'd know because I sat down and worked that out this afternoon. Ah, I, I worked it out for the Western Morning News and the preview. So I was there before you. <laughs> There will be fans in. Do we know exactly how many fans? I mean, we know what the ticketing arrangements are, but I don't know exactly when they're going to say, right, enough, that's all we're getting in. I assume it's about 2,000. Well, 2,000 is the limit. It's 50% of your gate of your gate if you're in Tier 1, and it's it's 50% of your gate if you're in Tier 2 or a limit of 2,000. So I'm presuming that it's 2,000. 
the 2000. We know some people have got their tickets already. Some people have been uh, showing off on social media this afternoon. And why wouldn't you that, um, that you've got a ticket for the game? Uh, the way that you get a ticket is either online or by phoning the ground, isn't it? There are no tickets on the day. There's no admission on the day at all. Uh, I'm not even sure you can pick up a ticket on the day. I think you've got to have them printed or on your phone or however you get them. Um, you have to have them before match day. It'll be nice to, to have fans in. I mean, we've been privileged, as, as we've said every, every time we talk about the fact that we, we've been watching games as journalists. We've been privileged to be in there, but there has been something missing. A big something missing. Oh, yeah. There has the only trouble is we won't be able to hear the referee anymore. I know, I know. Or the opposing there's, manager. There's quite an interesting code of conduct as well, isn't there, for the fans? If um, Hopefully the fans will have read that. I'm sure they've got a copy of it. Well, well in, that, in that case, maybe we will be able to hear the, the opposing manager and the referee and all that. <laughs> well, it strongly discourages chanting and singing um, and also it advises people to stay in their allocated places. Uh, all of which is kind of alien to a football experience, but it's just, people are just going to have to be sensible, aren't they? If those are the circumstances in which you're allowed back into the ground, then that's what you do, isn't it? You do as you're told, and, and you know, otherwise you put the whole thing in jeopardy again. Completely no experience for fans, completely. But but then you know, our life has lives have been completely full of new experiences, haven't they, over the last. Yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, I'm sure everyone will behave in the, in the way that they're expected and uh, it'll be a good day. It'll be great. Everybody will be just respectfully bumping elbows and moving yeah. on. You it's, it is going to be strange. Wrexham, though, Wrexham are decent side. They're seventh in the league at the moment. The Hollywood team. Um, the Hollywood team, Ryan Reynolds and um, Rob McKelleny, who've taken over. I don't know if they'll be sitting in the director's box on Saturday. Well, I suppose if, we'd better, uh... if, if they are, I'll take everything back I said about them a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> the speculation, of course, is that they're in this to, to make a documentary film and, um, and then move on. But I, I don't think so. I think there's, you know, from what I know of these people, I know that, you know, they're interested in football. They see it as a project. Um, and I think they'll stick with it. Will be interesting if they turn up in the director's box on Saturday. I don't know if there are visiting directors allowed. I assume there are. We'll have to ask the uh, photographers to keep an eye out to do a bit of paparazzi work for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd recognise Ryan Reynolds. I'm not sure about Rob McKelleny. I'd, I'd only oh, recognise Ryan right Reynolds team. from Deadpool, and he's ne normally in that costume. So uh, yeah. yeah, so. If 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 uh, if, if Deadpool is sitting in the um, in, in in the director's box, I'm sure we'll be able to pick him out. He won't be allowed to bring those big knives in, though, will he? No, it's a shame. <laughs> no, that'll be. So, what do we know about Wrexham? Uh, players who played for both. We've got Julian is 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 looking through the archives to find players who played for both teams for us. Uh, I, I, I know one. I know one. I know, I'll come to him last. <laughs> Kevin Dearden. <coughs> Kevin Dearden. Sean Harrod played for both. Sean Harrod, I like Sean Harrod, yeah. Simon, Simon Heslop played for both. Yeah. He was all right. Yeah. Another player that I don't think we saw the best of. No. Let's put it that way. Chris Meyer apparently signed for them but never played. Okay. And of course... Luke Young, who is very much in their side at the moment. He is, and he's always a player to worry Absolutely. about, isn't he? 
absolute hero at Playmore, and quite rightly, the 2000s will um, respectfully applaud in a socially distanced manner. I'm sure when he uh, when he comes across to yeah, it's it's always Saturday. good when a, when a, a, a player returns to the club that he's left, and uh, the fans applaud. You know that um, you know you know you, you know they they were really well respected. Uh, yeah, Luke Young, you, Luke Young fits in that. Young, yeah, no, I, I don't think there's ever any circumstance where Luke Young wouldn't get a warm reception at Plainmore. I can't think of any any reason why not. No, um, yeah, I, um, I, I do. I do have a memory of one player uh, playing for Torquay who went back to their old club and probably got the biggest round of applause I've ever heard for a for an old player. Um, yeah. playing for an opposing team at a home ground. Um, and it was Gary Brabin uh, at, at Hull. And yeah. uh, he, he was applauded onto the pitch and then he was booed off the pitch when he got sent off. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember how... Quite yeah, I can't remember how long... long it was the old Boothroyd Park. I can't remember how long into the game it was, but uh, yeah, it was quite a quick turnaround for... Uh, for adulation yeah. to uh, to whatever whatever they were shouting at him as he walked off. So players we've got to look out for uh, Rex and their top scorer is a bloke called Adi Yusuf who they've got on loan from Blackpool. He's got four goals this season. Kwame Thomas who they got on a free from Burton Albion he's got three and Luke Young's got a couple already. Mm. He's um, he's in decent form. The last time we played him at Plainmore. October last year, we beat them 1-0. Liam Davis got the only goal of the game. Okay. And they're another side that we didn't play a second time last year. Right, okay. That's interesting. Um, and they've put a spurt on as well, haven't they? They've, they? they've dragged themselves from a really bad start this season. You know, you looked at them for what they're doing yeah. down there. Um, but now they are in amongst it in that chasing pack, aren't they? Yeah. They've been 11 years in the National League. It's a long time. And every season... Uh, my uncle Dave asked me for my tips who's going to win the National League and every season I say well Wrexham will be there or thereabouts and they never are but maybe this season they'll be uh, up amongst the uh, playoff contenders who did 11 you, years is a long time who, who did you tip Uncle Dave with this season? Wrexham I always <laughs> tip I'm talking why does he bother asking you anymore? <laughs> It's become a bit of a standing joke, but one of these days I'll be right. But uh, yeah, so our record against them, we've played them 45 times, according to Soccer Base. Uh, we've won 15, they've won 18, and there have been 12 draws. So it's pretty much even down the years. Yeah, they are, one, they are, one, they are one of those teams that Torquay are, you know, have met over the years a lot of times. You know, I mean, crikey knows how many times we've seen Wrexham. I always like it when Wrexham, when the uh, the radio boys come down from uh, North Wales and they do the commentary half in Welsh and half in English, changing in mid sentence. Yes, oh, it's, it's it's good. When I when I was a when I was a child guy, for some reason I wanted to learn Welsh. And as you you are kind of semi Welsh, you should appreciate that. I don't know why. I had a thing about wanting to learn Welsh. Well, it's not too late, Richard. You're you're still a young man. Uh, young for another month anyway yeah exactly 
So it's Wrexham Saturday. It's another home game on Tuesday. We play Maidenhead at Plainmore on Tuesday night. The games come thick and fast, obviously, at this time of the year. Good time to have two home games. It would be in top of the league with a two-point cushion, then going into two home games. I mean, uh, Gary, Aaron and the team must be rubbing their hands with glee, I would have thought. Yeah, I, th- I think it's worth mentioning the fact that, you know, we didn't have a game for 10 days and some of these teams had no. two games and none of them managed to catch us. Now, Gary said to me... Um, yeah, Gary said to me this week um, in another interview I did for the paper, for the Herald, that, um, you know, he he knows... He doesn't think there are more than two or three teams that can put together the kind of run that we have put together in this division, which is a big thing to say, to be fair. I mean, he wouldn't have said it... I don't think he would have said that last year. Um, so he's pretty confident about the way that we can take the... T- play in some of these bigger games that in previous seasons, apart from the obvious season where we were champions of the North, uh, National South, that, that, that he would go into them so confident against the teams that are up and, uh, up and around us or fans would go into them so confident. But he, he thinks, you know, oh, there are only two or three, well, he said to me, there are only two or three teams that I think can put a run on like us. And I... You know, you, yeah. you you've got to look at Sutton and think, well, they they must be one of them, and I suspect Wrexham and probably another one as well. And yeah. and the Maidenhead, they get, they're they, up there. Maidenhead are up there. They're eighth. They're yeah. just tucked in behind Wrexham at the moment. Well, see, the thing is, they were uh, one of those teams that were fourth, third, or whatever it was two weeks ago. None of those teams could do yeah. enough to catch us up, and they had all the all the time in the world in those ten days to do it. Two games. Um, I, I at one point we we were five points ahead of six teams or five teams. We were on twenty two, and they were all on seventeen. Yeah. And then and then I think Sutton got another game and caught us up a bit. But so I I think Sutton are the ones to be wary of this season. I think probably we'll we'll make our decision on 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 that on Wrexham as well on Saturday. Um. Say it quietly. I'm in my kitchen. It's very boomy, echoey in here. But um, I don't think there are much others there that, that that I'd be too worried about at the moment. No, no. Teams will start putting runs together, though. But as you say, Gary doesn't think the runs will be as substantial uh, as they would need to be to, um, to to get right up there. I'm still I'm still waiting for Yeovil to turn it around. I'm not sure they will. You know, it's weird, isn't it? I don't want. Do you know, I mean, I, I always enjoy seeing the West Country teams do well, but after the Boxing Day, the, was it Boxing Day? Yeah, Boxing Day that I spent up at Yeovil last year, I'm, I, I don't have any great love for them at the moment. It'll come <laughs> back, I'm sure, but uh, after spending Boxing Day getting beaten heavily, getting soaked wet through, um, I, yeah, I, I've lost my love of Yeovil. I'll get it back, though. I, th- I think Woking might be another one who seemed to be sort of, sort of starting to turn it around a bit as well. Yeah. A uh, couple of players to watch in the Maidenhead team. They've got Dan Sparks. Of, of course. course they have, which, which we said. Well, we did like him, but we said the other week, didn't we? You wouldn't change. You wouldn't have him in our team at the moment. No, no you wouldn't. Oh, you might have him. In, you might have him in the squad. Sorry, but you you wouldn't have him in the team. No, Nathan Blissett. They picked up on a free from Solihull Moors. <clears> He's playing for them at the moment. Their top scorer is a bloke called Sam Barrett. He's got nine already yeah. this season. Yeah. That's some going. Yeah, so he's obviously so someone he's, um, to, to seriously watch. 
Yeah, so Kyle Cameron and Sam Shering will have their work cut out. Whichever one of them ends up uh, with the job of marking Sam Barrett is going to have a pretty mm. busy night next Tuesday. Their manager, of course, is Alan Devonshire, the West Ham legend. Yeah, um, who always sports a very, very, very cool uh, cap, doesn't he? He does, doesn't he? Yeah. He's been manager there for five years, so um, he's been there a while. Yeah. They're doing pretty well. So that's two good games coming up. Wrexham will be a cracker. Maidenhead, another good one. Um interesting times at Playmore. Yeah, no, it's uh, we'll and with fans back, it's going to be really good, isn't it? And and, and the live streaming yeah. is going to continue, I understand. So, even if you can't get there, you can still enjoy the live streaming. And um, that is a huge bonus or the, the, this whole odd occurrence of coronavirus has brought, brought into action is, is the live streaming. And you know, fans from far afield um, have never been able to watch games until now, and now they can. And if that continues, that'd be brilliant. And an extra revenue stream. I, I think you're right. As long as it doesn't cost t- yeah. Talkie too much to pay for the, the costs of the live streaming, um, then if they can keep that going for, for the fans who don't normally get to watch games live, that would be brilliant. And certainly while we're doing so well, I can't see the live stream, good though it is, keeping anybody away from Playmore. I think people who, you know, people, 2,000 people will come to Playmore, I'm sure. Yeah, I hope so. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. Okay, we're going to come back in a minute with the U and V questions. I put U and V together because obviously, as anybody who's been with us over the lot and will know, there's only one player whose name begins with U, so he is the he has the most appearances and the most goals. So we'll add um, we'll add V into the No there's not. Well. No there's not. You're forget oh, no, you're forgetting no, you're forgetting to add Joshua Amura to, to, to your list. Yes of course but there are now uh, two. Yeah, he doesn't quite no. <laughs> outstrip the other one yeah. just yet. Returning to the, the subject of Ben Gehring, I, I had a long chat with Ben Gehring the other day. He's got involved with uh, a project which is called Feed Britain, which is all about food parcels. It's all about making sure children don't go hungry. It's about helping families in what, were, to be honest, for a lot of people were already pretty difficult times, um, which the coronavirus has only made worse, as a um, very powerful film on the BBC earlier this week um, pointed out. Well... but. Uh, uh, ben is trying to get the non-league clubs together. Well, but, well Ben, Sorry, mate, go on. Yeah, well, Ben, Ben did something with Buckland Athletic, didn't he, during the the first lockdown, where um, he uh, he 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 kind of instigated a thing with them, and uh, with the help of Buckland Athletic, where um, was it for, during the first lockdown, or it might be after lockdown? It was one, during one of the school holidays, where school children uh, who who whose parents were were struggling could could go and pick up you know, lunches from, from Buckland and then Buckland actually ended up uh, delivering them as well. And that, that was Ben Gehring's uh, doing, you know, uh, with, with, with Paul Froud, uh, the manager of Buckland and, uh, and people on the board there. So he, he obviously got bitten by the bug there and he decided that it was something that he, yeah. he was interested in carrying on. Well, what he was saying was that to, to bring the big non-league community together, he's already got quite a lot of clubs interested. Weymouth are interested. Uh, Torquay are interested, obviously. What he wants people to do is, as you say, it's delivering meals. It's do, it's becoming a bit of a hub, a bit of a centre for uh, food parcels and what have you. 
said quite interestingly that if you're one of those people who's a bit who's proud, a proud dad, a proud person, and you're worried a little bit about going to a food bank, maybe there'll be less of a shadow over it if you go to your local football club mm. where you feel at home, you mm. know where everybody is, you know what it's all about. If you can use your local football club as somewhere where you can go, where you can go and get help, where you can go and get a bit of support, um, I, I think that's a great idea. I and mean, all the club would have to do really is to make somewhere available uh, for people to, to collect uh, and to distribute. I know some players, I mean, Carl Cameron has been doing some work already uh, with a local food bank. One of his shirts is, um, is going up for uh, for raffle. He raised a £1,000 for the local food bank there with that, Kyle. And I know that he and Sean uh, McDonald have been out delivering food as well because I saw a picture on social media. Uh, so, I mean, players are active, but Ben is, is doing a really good thing here, trying to pull all the non-league clubs together under one umbrella. Um, because when you think about it, non-league is huge. We talk glibly about the football pyramid, but it is very much like that, isn't it? You've got you know the elite clubs at the top, but it fans out into your village clubs. It, it climbs up through your Bucklands and your Buffies and your Newton Abbots and then to your Tivertons. And you know, there are so many people involved that could have a really important part to play in this. Yeah, there are thousands of people involved. And, 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 and the people who are involved in non-league clubs have a have the kind of community heart or spirit at heart, don't they? I mean, they're already um, working hard for their community clubs. They don't get paid. You know, the people who cut the grass, who make the teas, who, you know, the, the, the physios, the, the, everyone who's involved in, in most non-league clubs don't get paid. And so they're already doing their bit for the club. And, the, and, and clubs can become a hive of the community, can't they? Especially if, uh, if there's really good feeling around a good cup run and stuff and... Um, yeah, so so it's a good way. It's, it's, it's a good way of of, of utilizing people's people's good intentions. Yeah, you're right. So somewhere on this the article with this podcast, I will put the link, or I will have put the link to uh, what Ben Gehring's doing. Click it, have a look at it, and get involved if you can. Yeah, um, well done, Ben. For for all the right, fact that we you hate you when you're playing for Woking, well done, Ben. Yeah. Right, the U and V questions. We've got a bit of a delay on here again, haven't we? Won't it be good when we can actually do this in the same room again? Well, well I think that's a while off yet. It is a while off, and and you know, let's. There are bigger concerns, aren't there, than our delay? There are indeed. So the U and V players, the player with the most appearances uh, for Torquay, name beginning with U and V, is Kenny Vasey. Okay. Kenny Vasey, 138 games in goal between 87 and 99. Various spells in and out of the team. He was obviously involved behind the scenes as well, very heavily. Uh, a real club man, Kenny. Uh, club man through and through. So uh, glad to have him on top of the he, list. He just pips John Uzel, does he? He does. John Uzel, 115 games, yep. five goals between 89 and 92. And the player in third place, I hadn't realised that he played this many games for us, but Torquay United or TorquayFanStats.com, which is where we get this from, and a brilliant resource it is too, uh, 71 games between 2015 and 2017 and three goals for Aman Verma. Mm. 
That's well, why I didn't realise he played that many games. Yeah, and I th- I thought he was a decent player as well, good midfielder. I thought he was he was yeah. Um, it was it was troublesome times for us, wasn't it, when he was playing for us? But he was a decent player. See, if you'd asked me how many games he'd have played, I'd maybe put it in the thirties and forties. But now he's up there on seventy. Wow, I didn't realise that that many actually. The goal scorers are they're not prolific. John Uzel got five, Aman Verma got three. And in between them on four is Barry Vassalo. Oh, of course, yeah. Who scored yeah. Four, four goals in 50 games between 76 and 79. Okay, yeah, no. You, so yeah. Uh, Richard, as Richard Osman likes to say, if you've got any of those at home, well done. <laughs> and we'll rattle through. Should we rattle through some of the ex-goals? There are, there are some noteworthy ones in here. There's some familiar names and some noteworthy ones. Jamie Reid. Nice little cameo performance for Mansfield in the FA Cup. Yeah, he set up the winning goal and hit the bar with an overhead kick. I, I, I spoke. I spoke to Gary about him actually, um, uh, which was a sidebar technical term, but it was one of the stories on the back page of the Herald Express this week, where he says, you know, he, he watched that game as well as as I suspect a lot of goals fans did just to see because it was on the, uh, you know, the, the BBC digital platforms just to see how Jamie did. He came on in the seventy fifth minute. And then it went to extra time, so we got more of him than we expected. Um, and he he yeah. he looked really sharp. And now they've got Nigel Clough there in charge after um, Graham Coughlin was sacked. Um, basically, Gary said, you know, he's got a, he's got a new chance, a, a new chance to prove himself. Yeah. And and I tell you what, if that overhead kick had gone in, it hit the crossbar, then he would have proved himself in in, in one second, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. I really hope it goes well for him. We're all rooting for him. Down he here. looked really strong in that game. Actually, I thought I thought he did really well. And um, by the time uh, uh, they scored in the the injury time of extra time, and it was a beautiful through ball that he 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 played to the chap who scored. And it, it was it was you know it, he he did well. I, I was really pleased. Good stuff. Right, I'm going to hurtle headlong through the ex-girls. Go for Bob it. Toure, who we name, who we name every week. He's playing for Marine. He gets a mention because they got through to the third round and they're at home to Spurs. Yeah, so that's yeah, that would be easy for them, wouldn't it? That's the best draw of the whole round, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, where is it, by the way? Is it? I've asked a question that you don't know the answer to. You. Marine, it's uh, somewhere. No, no, no. I meant it, where's the game? Oh, it's Marine. Marine at home. To oh, Spurs. is it at home? Right. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's great. I mean, the only thing about these big clubs coming to you in in this time is, are they allowed? Are they allowed fans in because they're playing a Premier League club? I'm sure that's a question that needs to be answered. And that Premier League club is coming from a tier three area. Exactly. Yeah. Into, um, they may be in a tier three as well. No, well, no I think I th- is London tier two. Uh, I think London's tier two, but I think they're probably in tier three. Interesting. We'll work, find out how that goes. Yeah. Okay, Kiefer Moore, of course. He got one for Cardiff against Luton in a four-nil win, and he got two for Cardiff against Huddersfield in a three-nil win. So he's among the goals this week. Connor Wilkinson got one for Leighton Orient in a 3-2 win over Port Vale. 
Jared Hotchkiss called wow. for Hereford in a 3-3 draw with Kettering. Yeah. Should point out all this information comes from the ex-Gulls Twitter feed, by the way. If you're not following that, you really should. Jake Robinson scored for Villaricky as they lost 6-2 to Hampton and Richmond. Sekou Jane got one of Newport's goals against Stockport in the Cup. Saw that one on the TV. And they're doing well, aren't they? Nice they're, top, they're top of the league too at the moment. They are going very well indeed. Rhys Healy got one for Toulouse in Ligue 1 against Niort. He got one of those. Paul McCallum scored for Dagenham and Redbridge at Mansfield. Ryan Bowman got one on Tuesday night as Exeter ran riot at Grimsby and won 4-1. Christian Pearce got one for Solihull Moors as they beat Hartlepool 2-0. Joe Quigley got one for Yeovil. In fact, he got the only one for Yeovil as they lost at home to Eastleigh. And here's, a, here's one to finish off with. Among the goal scorers is Oxford City, for whom Ben Gering is playing now, by the way, on loan. Oh, I didn't uh, realise Ben Gering wasn't... Uh, sorry, I didn't realise Ben Gering wasn't at Woking anymore. Sorry, I didn't realise that. No, he's gone on loan to Oxford City. Okay. He scored for them in the Cup as well. But one of the goal scorers for Oxford against Hungerford was Elliot Bennion. Elliot Bennion got yeah. one of the four in that game. So good to know that... Um, Elliot Bennion is still uh, still still playing, still scoring. I'd like to point out. I'd like to point out as well that you know uh, Bowman got a hat trick for Exeter last week, and then a, another one this week. But their leading goal scorer, Matt Jay, who scored eight goals for Exeter City yeah. this season, is from Torbay. Yeah, there's a, there, uh, there's a few players around that you look at and think you know maybe they should have. At some point, they should have worn the gold shirt at some point. Yep. Watkins is one of them. Yep. Although, I wouldn't have let him take any penalties after seeing him last <laughs> night. But we all, we all miss one now and then. I, I, I thought as well last night he was hard done by. If he'd gone over for that disallowed goal at the end because apparently he was offside, but he was offside while the defender's oh, hands were all over him. And VAR said, said that it wasn't a goal, yet... He was being fouled at the time. Yeah. Ludicrous, ludicrous offside. I thumped the table in frustration at how terrible Premier League football has got since VAR. That yeah. was, you know, I mean, I'm slightly biased because I would have wanted Villa to win that one. But, um, it, you know, he's offside by the thickness of his shirt, basically. But also, he was yeah. being fouled at the what? time. And if he'd gone down, as, as, as yeah. the, uh, the commentator said back in the studio afterwards, it would have been a penalty. But they didn't even bother looking at that. No, no, absolutely. Ludicrous, but there we go. So, this has been a longer podcast than I thought, to be honest. We're obviously relaxed on a Wednesday evening. And well, I've, I've, been, I've, I've been having a glass of wine while we've been talking, so I'm definitely relaxed. I noticed that. <laughs> I, I, am, I just have a mug of coffee here. You've got a glass of wine. You can tell it's, uh, it's outside school hours, can't you? <laughs> So thank you very much for your company. Um, hopefully, we'll see some of you at the Wrexham game on Saturday. Yeah, it'd be if great. You, are yeah. there, you, can't, you can't climb up and, and shake us by the hand anymore because that would be frowned on in the current circumstances. Yeah, but, but give, give us, us a, a wave. shout and a yeah. wave. It'll be good to see fans back again. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be really nice to see people back in play more, isn't it? It is. We look forward to seeing you. Three o'clock kickoff Saturday against Wrexham. Seven forty-five kickoff next Tuesday against Maidenhead. Um, Looking forward to your company. And as ever, come, come on, on you yes. yellows.